and welcome to the Business of Property Podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses, and this podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. And today, I thought we'd start with a little story Simon was just telling me before we hit the record button, which is that for a short period of time, he thought it lost £10,000, and he's starting to sound like someone from the Tinder swindler or Anna Delvey, for anyone that's watching Netflix at the moment. But Simon, can you share with us why you thought you'd lost £10,000? Did you find it? What happened? Well, I'm not watching any of those shows, so I have no idea what you're talking about with those references. You'll have to fill me in afterwards. But the £10,000, that I can tell you about. And before anyone asks, no, this is not a new crypto investment that's plummeted. And it is actually just, I keep a spreadsheet, which is sort of an asset spreadsheet. And in that, I record my savings accounts i record my property investments and i record my crypto investments for for what they are and i use this to keep track of obviously what's where and also sort of asset allocation between different investment classes and i was updating this recently this is the first time i'd done it i I try to update it roughly every quarter and i was a bit overdue this is the first time I'd, i'd updated it for i think probably four, maybe five months. And I was going through updating the, the balances for my the, the various little savings accounts I have here and there and getting new valuations for property and things and going through and updating all, all my, my figures. And then when I, I came to the, the total at the end, it was £10,000 less than it should have been, as in sort of just rolling numbers forwards. It was, was that £10,000 had disappeared somewhere. And I hadn't spent it on anything that I could remember. And yeah, I, I was I was really quite panicked about where on earth I'd managed to somehow spend £10,000 and forget about it. And for, I think, probably about half an hour, it took me before I worked this out, I was searching through bank statements, going back through things, logging back into savings accounts and double-checking balances and, and trying to work out what the hell had happened to the, this money. And in the end, I, I went far enough back in my bank statements because it was a little while ago now, and I worked out that it was actually the ten thousand pounds that I had invested into Portfolio, the app from Property Hub, and this was very very relieving to, to discover. But it did make me think that actually that that ten thousand pounds I have sort of shipped it off to them and obviously kind of forgotten about it which I'm not sure is the idea of the portfolio app because I want to try and bring people in to have that that experience. But anyway, at least I found my £10,000. Yeah, well, that's that's the most important thing. I mean, it was fun to think, you know, if, if you're just losing 10 grand down the back of the sofa, you're obviously a lot wealthier than I thought you were. But it's it's good that it's turned up. And yes, the second point is clearly forgotten about it. So I'm guessing once you found where that money had gone, that uh, revitalised you to look into things because I'm quite interested to know what what is happening with with your funds and others in that portfolio app. Yeah, I I did indeed log back into the portfolio app which I hadn't done obviously for a while because I'd forgotten about it. I did check that it it still had the record of my investment there which it did. Hopefully it still does in fact and had a little look at their their latest news updates and things. And they they are publishing sort of new things that they're doing and and stuff. So th- there is interesting stuff there to potentially go and go and look at however i'm not sure that it's enough to sort of pull me back to the app sort of that regularly to, to double check 
But as far as I can tell, they are busy with it. It looks like they've got some big investors who have obviously come in sort of early on to get their investment structure, their REIT started. And they've they've gone out and they've bought lots of properties, actually. I mean, not, not hundreds and hundreds, but but tens. And they're, they're showing off these these properties in, in the app and it, it seems to be going quite well. Obviously, I have no idea of the, the sort of split between big investors and smaller investors, but yeah, interesting stuff. And so how does that look like in terms of, you know, return, percentage return? Is it something that you're updated on like you would in a shares app or how does that work? So as far as I can see at the moment, when I last looked at it, when I was updating my spreadsheet, there was no information on returns. So there, you have the potential for two types of return with portfolio. One is rental income that they're going to pay out at some point from the, the properties that they're, they're renting. The other is capital growth. So the value of your shares in the REIT could potentially increase. They may not, but they could. And the value of the shares is currently still listed as the, the same value that I purchased them at. So there's no 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 increase there as far as I can see yet at the moment, which is entirely what I'd expect, especially at this early stage. And uh, yes, I've not seen any sign of rental returns yet. So I'm not quite sure at what period they pay those out. I should probably have looked into that before I sent them £10,000, but uh, ho- hopefully it will be at least <laughs> annually. Their projected return, I think, was around the, the 3 to 4% mark. So it's, it's not, not crazy high or anything, but it's, it's better than you'll get in a savings account. Yeah, yeah, I'd certainly be keen to understand what the payment terms and the returns rates are, are looking like in the short term. But at the, it, the risk of this turning into a portfolio adver- advertisement, we shall move on. And, and while we're talking about you know, lo- losing large amounts of money, I guess the other subject which is coming to fruition now is energy price hikes. And we were just talking about how that's impacting you at the moment. Yeah, so I imagine you as a as an HMO landlord will be having far worse experiences with this, certainly over the next couple of months. But just in the last few days, I as a, a, a personal homeowner and looking at my own energy, has received a, an email from our, our current energy supplier saying our prices are going up from the 1st of April and their estimate for a new annual cost. And this is just the price increases in April. We are, as a society, obviously expecting further price increases in October. But the ones from April are going to push my gas and electricity costs up by £963 per year, is their, their estimate. So that works out about £80 per month extra in, in energy bills. And we, we don't live in a, a mansion or, or anything exciting. It's just a, a fairly standard three-bed house. And I obviously rent out generally speaking, three-bed houses. So I, I'm sort of straight away thinking about my, my tenants who are also going to be facing this level of increase. And most of them are not sort of extremely well-off and affluent people. They're sort of normal, run-of-the-mill, working every day, earning a salary, running a family, people. And, and an extra £80 a month is, is, a, is a big chunk. So yeah, it does, does make me sort of worry a little bit about how things are or how affordable things are at the moment and i i have a a dilemma coming up as well and around increasing rent 
and it, it it really makes me worry about whether I should or or can increase rents on on tenants at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a pertinent question. I mean, firstly on the on the energy, I think obviously given what's happening in Europe at the moment. It's not something that's it's going to improve anytime soon, but we're not going to go there because we, we're going to stay light on our podcast. <laughs> but, uh, the, the only thing I would say for, from my side, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast previously, is that everything's relative for me. So a lot of my energy bills I have fixed. I do it through a, a specific company and, and I need to find out what the, the impact is going to be. But I, I, I'm dealing with, an invoice which came through to me only a few weeks ago for a water bill. Would you like to hazard a guess at how much this water bill would be for? And it wasn't a small amount. Uh, what? How many properties or how big a property are we looking at here? On a, This was on a six-bed property. One six-bed property? One six-bed property. And, and what time period are we covering? Well, I'm just going to say to you, it's more than, it's more than a year. Let's say more than two okay my first question is how have you got away with not paying your water bills for two years (laughs) (laughs) well this is this is the this is the irony so i have been trying to pay this water bill since believe it or not january 2018 (laughs) and i I can't help but feel you can't have been trying very hard (laughs) oh trust me not only i tried my team tried and what we were hit with was i'm trying to think of the a quickest summary of this but it was a it was a commercial property before we bought it it was a commercial property that was converted to a student property and every time we phoned or emailed to try and get this sorted they said that we couldn't because the property was not in our name which it wasn't of course before we bought it it went into administration and we bought it from the receivers but i said to them no it's not in our name because we've purchased the property but the computer said no, and they wouldn't ever talk to us about it because, and it got to a stage where after, literally after a year or so, I, I didn't know what to do and then forgot about it for a year and then went back to it because I thought something's going to be brewing here and got got met, met with the same resistance. And what we had to do was we had to change the, the, the meter first. And this has taken us, well, it's taken us the best part of five years. So I, I, I'm going to come out with it. So I got an invoice two weeks ago for £7,200 and quite wonderfully it said, this is your invoice, we expect payment within 14 days. (laughs) Ouch! (laughs) Yeah, big ouch. And, you know, I I laughed and I just thought, I can't believe this. I've been fighting to get this for five years and now, now I get an invoice for you know, over £7,000 and expected. So obviously I've, I've emailed back and said, look, <laughs> spookily enough, I don't have seven grand sitting around at the moment. And uh, we're now in conversations. I've spoken with a very nice person at the company in question and we're going to try and work things through. But I, I just thought I'd throw that in there because when, when we talk about, and again, I was generally thinking, you know, £80, that's a lot of money, you know, £1,000 a year increase. That's a lot of money in, in anyone's, you know, household expenditure. But I was just thinking for me, it's, it's all relative. I've got problem number one is is this, you know, and, and as we know, there's there's always the next problem. But uh, yeah, so that's, so that's my current challenge. But uh, your question around rents, I think is probably a, a really interesting one. And it covers too many areas, I think, in terms of morals, 
ethics for for anyone to give you a pithy yeah simple I'll, I'll complicate it slightly for you so the the property that i'm looking at or wondering about increasing the rent on i'll, I'll speak specific numbers why not the the rent is currently 1350 pounds a month it's a a three bed family house and i have not increased the rent since these tenants moved in they moved in three, maybe four years ago, something in that region. And current market rents for that area, for a, ha- for a three-bed house in that area, are probably nudging around the £2,000 a month mark. So the rent is significantly below market rent. And this property is coming up for a remortgage. And of course, the amount you can remortgage a property for is based on two factors these days for a buy-to-let mortgage. The value of the property and hence your loan to value exposure and your rental cover amount. So your rent has to be a certain percentage over the the mortgage payment and that mortgage payment is calculated as at a stress rate. So right now, when I, I'm looking at remortgaging this, this property, the limiting factor for me is rental cover by quite a long way, as in my maximum loan to value on it at the moment would be somewhere in the region of 55%, maybe a bit higher, depending on the rental cover calculations, but but something really quite low. So if we're talking specific numbers, what's your expected valuation of the property? Mm, So I haven't done a a proper valuation, and I don't know a really accurate number, but I've sort of been working with the 450 mark, something around there, so 450,000. So I've gone back to my calculations and I've actually worked it out. 450,000 current rent, looking at the kind of five-year fix rental cover requirements that I'm probably looking at, which is based on, on a stress rate of 4.5% and a rental cover of 145%. Uh, only 45 Yeah. Uh, my information might be slightly out of date for this, but the last time I looked at remortgaging, that was... For a five-year fix, that was was allowable or achievable. On a five-year, yeah, okay. So based on those numbers, rental cover is definitely the limiting factor, and it would restrict me to a loan-to-value of 55%. Then the question is, what what if I increase the rent by, say, £50 a month? That's, that's not actually very much. It's not very much in percentage terms. It's certainly not very much in percentage terms over the course of the three or so years of the tenancy and i'd still be heavily restricted by rental cover but the loan to value restriction would go up from 55 to 57 and i'd be able to extract give or take an extra ten thousand pounds so then maybe i could increase the rent by 100 pounds a month 1450 pounds a month rent market comparables still around the 2000 just under 2000 probably mark so still way below market comparables and I'm now up to a 59% loan to value, and I've managed to extract 20,000-ish, a bit more, extra. So for these relatively small monthly rental shifts, I'm able to extract quite a lot of extra money to then do something else with, to invest elsewhere. And just for, I'm not going to ever suggest changing rent by this much, but but just say I was able to get market rent of £1,900, then suddenly the limiting factor is loan to value at 75%, assuming that's where I'd be, be landing. And, and now, suddenly, 
I can can extract another. Oh crikey, can I do the mental arithmetic? Seventy thousand pounds, something like that. So yeah, it's it's worth keeping up to date with increasing your tenants' rent gradually. Well, definitely, and I th- I, for me, it it comes back to that because we all like good tenants, and particularly when you've got property profiles like yours, you, you when you've got good tenants. And, you know, I've had parents and single mothers with kids and, you know, we we want uh, uh, we like housing people and providing that service. Equally, I think if you're roughly six hundred and fifty pounds under current market rate, you are significantly you're probably not helping them in the long term, I would say. Yes, of course, you're helping them financially. But what happens if you had to sell the property or something else happens? They've then got to go into a marketplace. And they won't be able to get in that area the same property for a similar fee. So from a sort of personal standpoint and a professional one, I think the first question is what would be reasonable to ask for given the history of the tenants in the property and your experience with them? And I think there's a there should be a conversation with reasonable people to say, look, you know, I've, I've done the research at the moment. You know the the current market rates are two thousand. I'm really happy, and hopefully you are too. However, you know the the rents need to increase because I think that's obviously decision point number one. Is you know what is fair? Because I think and and again that's that's only a question you between you and the tenants, right? In terms of where where that gets to. The second one I think, and we've talked you've talked a lot about. I always and it's probably just because of my property profiles i've always based everything on a 5.5 percent number not 4.5 but i can understand on a five year that probably makes sense the 4.5 is when you times it by 145 percent that's when it kind of exacerbates the issue but even if you like you say i mean because at 2000 you're you're virtually at your level because for me the other conversation is with the broker because what you don't want to be led into is a conversation about oh how do i you know, you talked about extracting cash and obviously that's not what this is necessarily about. First of all, it's like, okay, how can I make sure that we're charging the right rate? So I think that's the first one. And then if you agreed on a number, say somewhere in the midpoint of, well, it's 325. So you'd say actually a fair rate that I'm going to give you and I'm going to kill still discount because because of whatever. You say a fair number is 1675. I think that's really fair. but And I'm just pick, plucking that number out because it's middle between. 13, 15, 2000, you know, how does that pan out? And then I speak to a broker and say, okay, if I'm at the 1675, where does that take me? You know, and, and, and actually, is, is that worthwhile for you? And that's probably how I think about it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of it being better for the tenants to, to have rent increases. That, that, that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in terms of what that rent increase could or, or should be, I'm sort of thinking that maybe, maybe I could increase the rent by fifty pounds a month, and that works out at just under four percent increase from their their current rent. Four percent is less than the current rate of inflation, so it's it's fairly low. So perhaps I could be more. An extra fifty pounds a month still sounds like a lot of extra money to ask them for. And if I was to try and negotiate it up to sort of the midpoint of where it is now in the market rent. So you suggested 1,675. That would be a 24% increase 
24%. That sounds astronomical. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, oh, cracky, I feel terrible asking for that. Given that the current situation with inflation going up, food prices going up, energy costs really going up, and obviously they're in a, a three-bed house, they're probably going to have to find £80 a month extra, similar to, to I am in my home. And then to ask them for an extra £50 on top of that, even £50 sounds like quite a big ask. And when you put it together, they're, they're going to be finding an extra £130 a, a month, every month. And oh, I, it feels, feels difficult for me, but, but I, think, I think I probably should, shouldn't I? Fifty pounds is only four percent, and it's only a four percent increase over about three years, <laughs> and it's still way below market rent. So I think fifty pounds is highly reasonable. I mean, I'm just thinking, God, if only I'd had you as a landlord, you know, in my last few years. I mean, my last <laughs> landlord would just tell me, literally, say the price is going up, and this is going to be the price. And I remember when COVID first hit, and I phoned the landlord and said, just you know, I'm not sure. You know, that time uh, the, the property business hadn't fully got to where it is now and I said oh I'm not sure where I'm going to be left with the pandemic because of my consultancy work and he said well you know what the rent is and that's what needs to be paid and that, that was the only conversation we'd ever had about it and uh, yeah th- there's other stories as well so I think yeah you'll, you'll probably think and it's great I think it's it's probably something that we should put around to go against the, the view of landlords because you're probably putting yourself in their shoes more than anyone would in terms of you know trying to think about all of the aspects that, that, that they're worried about, when ultimately, like we say, business of property, the business is the property, and you know the, the market is the market. However, you know if you're in a situation where you don't have to push the prices up, and actually fifty pounds is fine for you, then then I think that's great. I think it's great that you're able to to be able to do that. As I say, my only concern would be, you know, if things really change when what would happen if you if you really had to say right we really do need to either put the rents up or sell the property or whatever it could be actually they, they've been living in a rent bubble but and i know people that have kept prices the same for 10 years so it's like as i said at the start it's it's something unfortunately for, for you and the tenants and i i think i i know percentage is is one thing but i think 50 pounds is is more than fair and, and you've got the context of the current market rates and if the current market rates are two thousand pounds, you know, that's a great argument. And yes, you could work it out as percentage terms, but I don't think fifty pounds or a hundred pounds, given everything that's going on, you know, the argument would be the, the cost of the mortgage, you know, with the inflation rises, you know, with the with the base rate increasing, you know, what does that half a percent do to the mortgage? That's that's also the other element that we've got to think about. Yeah, that's very very true. And in actual fact, I am expecting this remortgage to increase my monthly mortgage costs. I haven't actually worked out how much that'll be by. It could well be by 50 quid or perhaps even more because it, it, it will definitely increase because it's currently on quite a, a low rate. And as you said, the, the rates that are available for mortgages currently, well, while still low, they're not quite as low as they have been at some times in the past. So, so yeah, I am expecting an increase there. So we'll, we'll look forward to the next instalment once you've worked that out and made your decision. I'm, I'll be interested from, from anyone listening that, that's, that's hearing this, please reach out to us on Twitter at biz, B-I-Z of property or via thebusinessofproperty.com. Be really interested to get your views on 
what Simon's current dilemma is and, and how you think he should approach it. Uh, I certainly got my views, but be interesting to hear from everyone else. And I think that kind of brings us towards the end of this week's podcast. So as I've just mentioned on those contact channels, please do reach out to us to get in touch and let us know which way Simon should go. Is he being far too kind and, and far too empathetic? Or should he start thinking about putting those prices up a little bit more? Yeah, it'd be great to hear from you. Other than that, we'll see you in the next week's episode.